mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsasser. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I am with guest Jay Campbell. He is a four-time international best-selling author, men's physique champion, founder of the Jay Campbell brand and podcast, and co-founder of Asir Custom. As a global influencer on health optimization and raising human consciousness, Jay is no-nonsense, authentic, and fearless in his servant mission of leading humanity towards the golden age. You guys will get a lot of that in this episode. And since returning from 12 days in the Sacred Valley of Peru, he's experienced a profound awareness of the importance of raising the vibration of humanity to reach planetary consciousness, aka unconditional love. This is an episode for the ages. We definitely get into some different topics on here on this episode than I've do- I've had the uh, privilege of diving into, especially with somebody that is very, very well versed in many areas of life and health optimization. So enjoy this episode, guys. We will have a part two coming next week focused all about men's optimization, but this one is a lot of fun diving into the human consciousness and where we are today. So I know you guys are going to have a lot of fun with this one and I'll see y'all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. I have for you my one of my new close friends these days, Jay Campbell. Also, I'm pretty convinced he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life. The amount of stuff that you can riff off, Jay, without even looking at anything is just absolutely amazing. How are you doing, brother? I'm amazing, Johnny. And honestly, man, from my heart to your heart, I appreciate that. I received that. I reflect it back to you. Whenever I get a chance to come on people's podcasts, uh, you know, with similar energy, uh, it's always privileged. I'm humbled. I'm honored and obviously extremely grateful. So, man, let's let's make some serious, serious, amazing information and give it to the public. I, I don't think you have any other way of living these days, actually. So that it's going to be pretty easy for that. But what was really funny is, you know, we, we met at a mastermind just recently and I saw you and I was like, who's this jacked motherfucker? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know this dude. Who's this jacked ass dude walking around? But we ended up hitting it off and becoming close friends, me, you and Rome uh, pretty quick. And that was that was a blast, man. It was such a good time. It was epic, man. Yeah, same thing, man. And I, and by the way, for the, the listening audience, I mean, I, you guys already know this guy. I mean, like he's fucking more jacked than me. It's all. It's always funny, like when you see guys that have amazing bodies and put so much energy and effort into them. They're always the smallest guy in the room to themselves. <laughs> That's true. That's true. My wife laughs at me all the time. But um, well, I want to get into all kinds of shit with you today. But let's do the first things first on the Art of Masculinity podcast, which is the manly round. And just a few questions for the community to get to know you a little differently than maybe they've heard you before. Are you ready for it, brother? Absolutely, man. All right. Your first question is, what is your spirit animal and why? <laughs> Great question. So you can hear my little rat dog, who's not my spirit animal, probably, <laughs> probably barking in the background. That's Simba. And my spirit animal is actually the one that he pushes around, which is our 70-pound blue-nosed pit bull Thor. And he was, as I told you before the show started, uh, laying right next to me, but Simba started barking at something. So, you know, he galloped to his rescue. Um, But yeah, he is my spirit animal. So he's a nine-year-old, actually not even nine years old. He'll be going on nine years old, but he's about an eight and a half year old, um, blue-nosed pit, purebred. And we, he was not, we did not buy him. You know, it was literally just one of those things where he just came into our life 
and literally, tra literally transformed our life. I mean, like, I'm, mm. my, you know, my wife has tons of videos of him, dude. He literally goes in the backyard and meditates. I mean, I mean, I'm not yeah. kidding you. The dog is something else and he just like, will sleep, you know, you know, pits are like humans, you know, when they become really, really uh, domesticated and, and, you know, you train them well, they're just, they want to sleep with you. They you know, want to protect you. They act like humans. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, if I can make a side note, you know, I saw what just happened recently with those, that family with those two pit bulls mauled those two kids you know, yeah. it's all over the news. It's all over the world. And, you know, people are constantly saying things about how pits are wrong, the wrong breed and they're too aggressive and blah, blah, this, that, and the other. And you and I both know that a dog is always a reflection of the vibration of its master, which is obviously, yep. hopefully it's its owner. And for that to happen. And again, I don't know those people personally. I did read their story. It is an interesting story because it says they were in their house for 13 years and they never even bit or barked at anybody. They were very domesticated. They, the kids grew up with them. It's my belief that something or someone with either technology or energy, which is really the same thing, you know, did something to those dogs to turn those dogs on that family. Again, I don't know the full details, but I just know pits enough as a breed. Mm -hmm. And I also know dogs enough as a breed. And if that story about that family is true, that's in the news. And obviously we don't know that, but if it is, it's not possible for those dogs to do that unless they were cajoled slash persuaded slash technologically. Yeah. I mean, you know, this from being in the military, I mean, they have all sorts of insane technology oh. where they can use voice to skull you know, they can use, um, you know, a, they can create aggression, you know, through mm -hmm. a wave hypnosis or not hypnosis, but wave pattern technology. And so yeah. maybe that's what was used. Again, I don't want to speculate, but I see all these people condemning pit bulls, bro. And it's like, it's so sad, man. It, again, an animal is never more than the reflection of its owner. It, it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, actually my, uh, pity mix over here. She's laying, she's about almost 12 years old. She's been the best dog I've ever had in my life. Loyal exactly. is all like, she's exactly. a lover now. Like if totally. somebody crosses, crosses me or my wife, she will, she's so loyal. She will defend us. Of but course. She is the biggest baby in the world. Like she totally is a lover dude. in and out. Totally. So I totally hear you. And that's, yeah, that's a lot of bullshit, you know, and you know what they did, remember what they did back in Colorado a long time ago and they euthanized, oh, yeah. they went house that I uh, dude, I'd be like, bro, you got, you better come to yeah, my house. You come up course. to my house with like, don't yeah. do that. Like I'm going to euthanize you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but yeah. for them to do that to an animal, that's actually one of the most loving animals I've ever met it's, in my life. It's insane, bro. Yeah. It's totally insane. Yeah. I mean, yep. whenever the media jumps on something and, you know, again, personifies, and then of course you have the peanut gallery, you know, adding in <laughs> the good news is I would just say, like, I read a lot of the comments on Twitter and Instagram about it and most people are in support of the dog. So, you know, we'll probably yeah. get into this in the podcast today, but as you and I were talking when we first met, there really is a conscious frequency on this planet where people are starting to tune, you know, again, to a higher vibration where yeah. they're like receptive to the reality that like things are not what the media wants you to think they are. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. We're going to dive into that. Cause that's something I really want to get in with you. Even though there's so much on optimization of our bodies, I want to sure. get in with you. I also want to get in some yep. fun stuff of like, well, we can do a second one. Aspect. Cause like you said, we can yeah. do a second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but so, okay. Your next question, that was a great answer. I know your dog is beautiful. And I saw <laughs> Thor meditating. You sent me the picture, yep. which is dope. I loved yep. it. Um, but your second question is what song, no matter when it comes on, so you could be surrounded on a subway and this song comes on, do you have to start busting out and singing along with, not just in your head, but singing along with? Uh, yeah, yes or no, I will say I will start dancing. So I'm literally like <laughs> an ex-break dancer. No right? shit. So like, I, I mean, I will, I, I mean, I will literally, you know, just start getting into it and stuff like that. But like, uh, I would say it's a song. I mean, probably a couple. It really just depends on like, you know, I kind of look at my life as various incarnations, but like when I was a break dancer, um, it was always the song from uh, African Bombada, which I can't think of the name right now, but I still hear it. And by the way, crazy story. I took my daughter to a Phoenix Suns game uh, in Arizona this year because it was just a daddy daughter weekend. And I wanted her to see a baseball game, an NBA game. And we went to a concert the day before that. And dude, African Bombada, and that group <laughs> of course they did you manifested it i mean i'm literally like and now ladies and gentlemen for your halftime entertainment 
for Kabombada. I mean, I was like, <laughs> of course, they played that song. And again, I, I'm sorry, I can't think of it right now. You know the song. Everybody knows the song. It's like from a hip one, two, three. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember the name of the song, but that song. And then I would say recently, like in the last 20 years of my life, it was an electric song, electric uh, EDM song. Um, it was a Vici, but it was a remix. And I can't think of the song right now, but it's a, it's a, it, it, you know, that song too, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, the chorus, I would definitely rock it out for sure. I love that. I love that. And that's a fun fact. You used to be, how many people know that you were a former break dancer? Have you shared that with your community uh, nobody, too often? <laughs> no, family. I mean, um, it was when I was, so 15 to 18, I was in a group called the freeze force crew. <laughs> <laughs> windmilling the whole nine dude another, another funny another, another funny story i have to say just because it's awesome and you got me in that frame of energy um i was in a dance club in las vegas probably about eight or nine years ago and a pit opened up you know and everybody was going into it and dancing and there was a guy he was definitely older than me he was probably my age now right so i'm almost 52 and i was like in my early 40s and like i was there with my wife um monica and you know everybody started dancing and you know one person comes in one person goes out one person goes in and this dude was watching and he was in still in good shape and bro he literally was like feeling it and he went in and he started windmilling and he literally broke his wrist in two fucking places as he was doing oh. it. He got up no he got up and he looked at me and he goes, I guess I shouldn't have done that. And he was <laughs> laughing about it being a compound fracture. Oh, he my God. He may have been on some drugs that make him not go into shock. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, note to self, no matter what you feel and what drug you're on, don't ever attempt to do something like that. But dude, he was windmilling. I mean, he did like two or three, and then I watched it and it went, and I was like, oh. I mean, dude, I was like, so anyway, it was a good that story. Bro, that bro, that bro wasn't on HGH, that's for sure. <laughs> Even if he was, he needed to get on it right after. <laughs> no, dude, it was horrible. The guy literally oh. got up and was like, like holding his arm like this. It was literally two two places and walking out with his girlfriend. Oh, it was like, you no. know, two in the morning, one forty-five in the morning. I'm like, that dude's going to the ER. Woof. Woof. Yeah. They're going to get all kinds of stuff in his blood. Oh man. Oh, that's good. Crazy all right. Stuff. Your, your last question is if you could travel in time, so you could go into the past, but you got to pick somebody who's well-known to almost, you know, everybody worldwide. So a well-known figure or person who would you prank? And if you know the prank, what would it be? Wow. Who would I prank? <clears throat> you know, I was going to say, who would I take with me? It's such a random, but it would be John Cusack. Cause I used to literally love that guy as an actor. And he he's is like dope. the biggest douche in real life. That's a whole nother story, but like, he's an uh, amazing actor. Yeah. He is an yeah. amazing actor. Um, who would I prank? Fuck. That is an amazing question. I've never even like thought of that. Um, a lot of reptilians one of my out brothers. there. I mean, I, I mean, I probably, probably one of my brothers. You know, I have six brothers. Probably my brother Sean. Probably my brother. Eh? Sean. <laughs> he's he's the one year. He's a year younger than me, and him and I have been in so many adventures and so mm. many crazy times together. You know, he's he's the kind of guy that literally has left people maybe dead, maybe not dead. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> I mean, of course, literally street brawls where you're like, "We gotta get out of here," and the guy's laying on the ground going, uh... "Of course, of course, he's related to you." <laughs> not that you've ever not seen that in your life, Johnny. No, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, cool. I want to, I want to jump into some shit because you, uh, you, you have you have opened so many people's eyes since becoming just a global influencer from health to consciousness. Like you have been raising awareness across the globe uh, for years now, Jay. And one of the things that, you know, you kind of mentioned about was this consciousness where people are kind of stepping back and in, in seeing kind of through that veil but do we really believe that that's happening today in the world because of like what just happened for the last two years with the pandemic? So it's a great question. And we obviously you and I had this conversation personally 
and you opened my eyes with some of your comments too. So like, I think it's a, the answer is a yes and a no. So if we look at things from like a macro perspective and we just, you know, this is the map of consciousness for your listeners that don't know this of Dr. David Hawkins and he calibrated consciousness from a thousand to a zero, zero being like shame and victimhood, humiliation, and then a thousand being enlightenment. And most people, um, and on the planet falling what he calls below the line of integrity, which is courage, right? So 200 on the vibrational scale is courage. And courage is defined as your boss says, you're getting a shot or you're getting fired. And right. most people are like, okay, boss, it's my job. I can pay my mortgage. And blah, blah, blah. But the person who's courageous says, fuck you, motherfucker. I quit. I was yeah. looking for a job when I found this job, right? That's a courageous person. But again, 80% of people, as you know, are shoehorned and conditioned to do what they're told, to be order takers, to be servile. I mean, of course, you know this because you and me and Rome were talking about this, but like the younger generation has been pretty much, and I say when I define younger, and of course, there's always outliers, but when I define younger, I kind of look at now like below 25. Um, yeah. Bro, they grew up with this in their hand. Yeah. Everything that they are told or that they read or that they search for, that's a big one, is made up. And if it's not made up, they have no way to verify whether it is or isn't, right? So this tells them <clears throat> to go along and get along because it's mm -hmm. the right thing to do. Everybody else is doing it, right? So yeah. it's like when you're told what to do, you're never going to be courageous because literally the right thing to do is what they tell you, mm, right? Yeah. So you're not, you're not ever going to jump above this line. And again, the dark side, call them whatever you want, parasitic energies, those who have held us back, they want everybody to stay below courage. So the big macro effect right now is the energy of the universe is making a lot of people say no to mm. the V or to the, you know, stringent overt socialism, Nazism, whatever you want to call it, you know, stuff that's happening now. And so from the macro, yes, people are waking up and they're finally being like, hey, this is not what I want. I don't feel well when I say yes or when I kowtow. But from the bigger picture, and, and, and now we're going more to the micro, I think you're kind of right. I think, and we were talking about this, a lot of people that are quote unquote waking up, they're also now being conditioned to believe things that you and I know are bullshit. Right. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're, they're waking up because they don't want to be enslaved anymore, but now they're also very easily uh, manipulated, yeah. and, you know, by another contingent, right. Let's call them the uh, let's call them the new age crowd, just to say the new age crowd, but like the truth community, you know, the people that are all like QAnon and, you know, the white hats and the good guys are coming to save us. Right. Which, yeah. which as you know, and we were talking about is another part of the, divide and conquer strategy, right? Right, left, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, you know, light, dark, you know, day, night. I mean, it's all duality here right now for most people in the third dimension. And so it's like everybody wants to pick a side because again, you're brainwashed to pick a side. You and I yeah. have been brainwashed our whole life to be conservative, right? Right. It's the right thing. It's, you know, our, you know, our parents were like that. Their, their friends were like that. You know, you were in the military, you know, I was raised around tons of military people. It's the right thing to be conservative. Right. But if you really go and you step back and you go from a, let's just call it a neutral observation perspective, which I like to call as a multidimensional perspective. And you look at things from here, instead of here in the third dimension, you realize that like every side is conditioned to be the way they are. Hmm. Right. So if you're conditioned to be one way or the other, you're going to have, you know, a narrow vision, frame of reference, whatever you want to call it, call it provincialism, that conservative, you know, I'll just pick on conservative people right now is the right way to go. Just as the left liberals, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call them, think their way is the right way to go. And so right. nobody ever comes together. So like right. forever, the political system in the United States will always be fragmented because every four years or maybe sometimes eight, they switch sides. Yeah. And now all that stuff that was done by the right side is being inverted by the left and vice versa, and it never ends. And so to me, the solution for this planet, and we're not there clearly, is when <laughs> enough people get to a place of saying, you know what? No, I opt out. I'm not voting. Now, I know a lot of people are going to hear this and think this motherfucker's crazy, but like 
Voting is what they tell you to do. Again, anything that they tell you to do, it's your constitutional civil liberty. It's your right. You have to do it. How can you not? You can't change anything unless you vote. Well, hello, motherfuckers. In 2020, you saw the election stolen. Yeah. If you don't see the election stolen in 2020, it's because you're brainwashed on one side. That's fine. I have no judgment of you, but come on. So if you come to a place where it's like, okay, wait a minute. Voting is fixed. So if I'm voting and it's fixed, how am I adding to the change? How am I actually uh, exercising my quote unquote constitutional right? You're not. But that's what they've been telling you. So again, the answer is when we all, not all, but we, enough of us, and I can say what Hawkins says, but when enough of us get to a place where we say we're not playing in the game anymore, um, there's an old movie, maybe you saw it. Um, Kids under 25 have no idea what it was, but it was called War Games with Matthew Broderick. Did you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that very so well. at the very end of the movie, and they were, uh, they're always, as we were talking, they're always telling us in Hollywood what's up. Yeah. But at the end of that movie, I firmly believe that Joshua was the computer that was simulating the thermonuclear war game on the planet. And it, it played every simulation, you know, millions of times. It was, that was also showing us AI 30 years in advance. Right. And, it came to the conclusion the only way to win is not to play. And so they're always telling us that as a human species, as a conscious collective, when we get enough of us to say no more, we're not dividing by color or political party or religion or skin color or Christian, I mean, or religion, I mean, uh, uh, you know, political ideology, dude, it ends. Because that's yeah. how they control us. They can keep us controlled through their systemic enslavement of dividing and conquering us. And so when we get enough people to truly get above the line of integrity and we say, no, man, we're not going to do this shit anymore. We're not going to have two parties that are constantly divided, constantly creating acrimony, constantly brainwashing our constituents. To me, that's when we make actual real change. And I don't think we're that far away. I think we're probably within 10 to 20 years. That's my opinion. Yeah. And that's, that leads like to another progression of this is, you know, as if we can, if we can get the majority to start buying into the fact that we, as the people hold the real power, right. When we collectively come together, one of the things that I see nowadays, especially during the pandemic and afterwards, you're actually seeing more women become critical thinkers and you're seeing more men stay in the matrix. Yep. What the fuck is up with that? Like, I think that's a huge detriment to society as well. Well, I know the answer to that. And that's, this is right up your uh, wheelhouse. And again, remember, I, you know, I did this stuff and research in this, like back in 2013 and 2014. I mean, like, you want to think of a real OG that was talking about this shit when people had no concept. But so what's happened is um, men have been essentially emasculated, right? We know why. Right. Plastic in the water. I mean, uh, I mean, plastic in all of our foods, endocrine disrupting chemicals, you know, uh, phytoestrogens. I mean, there's so much, you know, degradation and, and contamination in our environment that men have been essentially emasculated. And again, what does that mean? It means they have low testosterone. They have high body fat. Um, they're just not capable cognitively of being real men. I mean, again, you know, I always say this when I lecture and people don't believe this, by the way, but it's a statistical fact that between 80 and 100 years ago, the average man walking around on the street had three to four times the free testosterone of the average man walking around on the street now. I believe that. So when you understand that, you realize that women are not as affected. Now, they are affected because some people say, hey, that's not true. You know, women are also higher testosterone. Yes. So the inverse for women is that they're less uh, feminine and more masculine But that's also because, again, of the degradation in the environment. So when you have women who have higher testosterone levels and are more masculine, they're now also seeing things for the way they are and not for the way the framers and the rulers or, again, the parasitic negative energies, whatever you want to call them. Whoever's in the background behind the veil pulling the strings. The cabal. Yeah, exactly. You know, they see things for the way they are. So now you have a lot more women who are much more clear thinking. Uh, and also, they have to make these decisions, bro, because the men are so weak. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, again, you look around and there are so many, let's just call them pussies. 
I mean, I mean, these are just literally dudes that are just walking around the street with their head down. I mean, you can play this game. You know, there's guys who have talked about this in various podcasts, but you can walk down any major metropolitan city like Santa Monica, New York, Miami, you know, go in the city areas and like walk down the street and try to make eye contact with dudes. And most dudes won't even make eye contact with you. Yeah, that's like, true. If, like a guy like me or you walking down the street made eye contact with a dude. Like that dude's got to be pretty much like us if they're going to literally make eye contact. If you like look at a dude, not even hard, like, you know, you're not staring at him or you're just like making contact. Or don't go. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, we were doing this like 10 years ago yeah. and talking about this kind of stuff. So it's only gotten worse. And then, as you know, too, men, men are, uh, you know, so destroyed by society. You know, the family, the, 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 as we were talking about, too, the family court system has destroyed men's rights. Right. Yeah. So you have all these men that have been through that game and they're just like constantly looking away, you know, not wanting to say anything, not wanting to do anything because they know that like the wrong move gets them in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have all that, you know, in, in the backdrop. And it's just it's really, really difficult in Western society today to be a man um, and not be behind the eight ball. And do you think it's a, do you think that was like a strategic calculation that was made? Because, you know, the fact if we can deteriorate men, right, you have less of a chance of uprising because obviously, as history tells us, all the uprisings in any civilization have come from obviously men fighting wars, right? So if you, if you kind of emasculate men and you bring them down and then you kind of uh, effeminize them, well, then you have less of a chance of kind of a civil uprising against your your structure, correct? Oh, a thousand percent. I'm looking for the book, but I realize I lend it out, I think. Um, so there's an amazing <laughs> book. Yeah, I was just looking to see if it got moved around because all my bookcases, I told you I'm in chaos right now, but uh, there's a book by, <laughs> by the guy, uh, guy. I highly recommend that everyone who listens to you get this book. It's that profound of a book. It's older It's written in 2014 or 2013, and it's called Shadow Men, and it's written by Dr. Anthony Napoleon. Now, Anthony Napoleon was a shadow man. He is a licensed psychiatrist. He worked for the, of course, he worked for the agency, Um, but he basically wrote a book um, about shadow men, and he says that shadow men are the men that the government, the U.S. government hires to go into countries and destabilize them. And then, you know, the U.S. takes them over from a central banking institute and then they become a military conglomerate of the U.S. And, you know, all this stuff. Another great book about this similar thing is uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, who is a shadow man, which is John Perkins. That's an amazing book, too. But this yeah, book, I know that book. Yeah. So this book, Shadow Men, is much less known because it's really underground. And, dude, he has five chapters on what you just talked about, but even deeper, like he tells you like what the whole purpose of the women's, uh, the feminism movement. And that's also a a psyop. And that the reason that they destroyed the nuclear family was because they needed more tax paying citizens. So Mm. think about that. They pushed women into the workforce and gave them, quote unquote, you know, all these so, so, so-called so rights. You know, you're equal to man and you need the same amount of money as man does. And, you know, you can be a CEO and all these different things. The, the, the twofold strategy was, number one, they needed more people to pay taxes. Pay your toll to the troll, right? The U.S. government. <laughs> and then number two, they wanted to destroy the nuclear family. And how can you not, by just telling women, that you don't have to be a good mom and the creator of the, you know, the family unit anymore, because let's face it, man. Like I always tell when people talk about this, a woman is the creation force. This is what, how we survive. This is how our species propagates. So it's like to think that women don't have more power than men, you're a fucking retard. They are what birth the species. So, you know, his story, right? Like the patrimony or whatever you want to call it, you know, and obviously I'm a pro dude, right? Pro alpha guy, but like, gotta be honest. You have to understand divine feminine, divine masculine. Women have more power as the birther. They are also the nuclear uh, element of the family, which is, you know, they're the person that keeps the home. They're the person that keeps the kids uh, educated, raised, good people. The dad slash the man, you know, again, traditionally, historically would always go out and kill the fucking beasts and bring home the bacon and bring home the food. And then it became, you know, in non-agrarian societies, it became go to work and yeah. sit in a cubicle and make the money. But once these fucks figured out 
in the 60s, and this started in the you know early to mid 60s, right after they killed JFK, uh, that we gotta get more money. We gotta get the we gotta get the slaves, the goyim, the cattle, whatever you want to call us, to pay more back to us. And so let's create the feminism movement. Now, I'm not saying that women don't have the same rights as men and shouldn't also be in the workforce and do all these things. I'm not saying there's not anything wrong with that, but we definitely know statistically that this American family unit, and by the way, this is the same in Russia. It's the same in the EU. It's the same really even in Asia. Um, when a family stays together and has a couple of kids and the mom you know, is the nuclear center and the man is the guy who goes out and again, brings home the bacon, the family is more stable. It just, it's just, it, it was always that way. There was nothing, there's no statistics that doesn't say that that's not true. And now, as you know, since that became the destruction of the nuclear family, right? Because now you have women in the workforce being, being hit on and also them, you know, having more time and more freedom, uh, it, it destroyed the family. So now we have literally hundreds of millions of kids in West who are being raised by single parents, right? And again, I'm not saying the dad's the bad guy, the mom's the bad guy. I mean, you know, when divorce happens, divorce happens. But bro, divorce didn't happen when we had nuclear families. I mean, it, this was not something, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s that anyone dealt with. This did not happen until they created this in the late 70s and up until now. And now again, we have literally wide swaths, the majority of kids who grow up in single parent households when you add the family, uh, the marriage and family court system into it, and you see how biased they are against the father, it, it's destroyed. You know any semblance of mom and dad parenting, and of course the roles. And that's another thing that's also destroyed men is you know men have not had a dad for the most part in the last twenty to thirty years who was actually around them to raise them and teach them how to be a man. And you have a mother most of the time doing both. You know, and it, and it does. It never works out, bro. It never works out. Women are not supposed to be teaching them how to be men. That's the dad's yeah. job. You know, there was a. I was reading an article on this, or reading a couple pieces of research on that, and they actually have talked about how that's deteriorated the in uh, the um, indoctrination of boys into manhood because they're being raised by. Not saying it's not okay for them to be raised by a mother, but a mother trying to teach them how to be masculine or for instance, two mother households. Right. So like, you know, exactly. gay marriage, raising a boy has actually deteriorated them to find their indoctrination into manhood within society, because that is inherently not their role and they are not right. men. They haven't grown up as men. So they, they don't totally have true, the, the same balance. And that was actually research that was done not too long ago. I think I read that within the last like five to seven years, I read that. Yep. And I was actually a little shocked in, in some point, but it made sense as well, because it's not like I could ever raise a little girl or you could ever raise a no. little girl to be a woman. No. And also and let's that. take it further. Well, let's take that step further. Cause that's a great point. This is also the rise of uh, trans, whatever that means, right? Like it's, so let's just define this before people get mad at us because, you know, you can't say anything <laughs> nowadays without people coming after you. But yeah. trans is all trans really is, is two things. It's ultimately transhumanism and it's ultimately a depopulation war. They want people to not have more people. Mm. Trans people cannot procreate. If you get mad at me when I say that, then that's because you're fucking brain dead and you want to live in the, you know, bullshit that these people tell you on TV about how there's now 20 different sexes and all this nonsense. Yeah. God source created masculine and feminine equal, but opposite poles. Okay. Pol polarized energies a, a feminine energy is a creation force energy and a masculine energy is a uh how, what, what's the word i want to say a um oh man there's a word for it but it'll come to me but basically they're again equal but opposite energies and together is when you create the synergy of divine feminine divine masculine and again this is a war against divinity against creation force this is a imitation mm. force call it the devil call it satan call it luciferianism call it whatever you want it's literally an attack on divinity, you know, through science and 
you know, uh, again, transhumanism, whatever you want to call it, you know, biological, you know, symbiotic, biobot, robot, AI, it's all this bullshit, but that's all this is. And all these people who don't see that, who again, are, it's mostly younger people who've been brainwashed that they have, there's 30 sexes. I mean, bro, I remember like yeah. six years ago, I remember six years ago, I swear this is where it came to me when I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I went on to Facebook to make a Facebook page for like one of my uh, books. Uh-huh. And I went down to, they asked me, you know, what sex are you? And I wasn't male and female. It was like 25 other things below. And I was like, yeah, what the hell? I was like, at that point, you realize that this is an agenda. Yeah. And that they yeah. are pushing this on humans to make them think that there really is two. I mean, there are races more than biological male and biological female. And there aren't. You know, you can make up stories and you can lie to yourself and you can live in the illusion that these fucking, you know, call them demons create, but it's all fake, bro. It's not real. Well, and it's like you're starting to see that uh, that push to influence yeah. children to 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 say that they want this kind of shit. And you're seeing it in schools yeah. now, too, yeah. which is oh, yeah. terrifying because like, you know, a, a, an adult is a, a, a family you know, father and mother are handing over their child for eight totally. hours to these motherfuckers. And then they, they're sitting there trying to brainwash them. These little kids that they can be a, a boy if they're a girl and they can be a girl if they're a boy. And then talk to them about having uh, transitional sex changes. And you're like, what's the insane, f- bro? What the fuck? I mean, it's also insane. You know, I, I, I do want to just make the point um because I know that, you know, a really smart person that listens to this will come at us and leave a comment about, you know, hermaphrodites. And that's real, right? So if you do take a combination of a masculine and feminine and you merge it, you create a chimera, then yes, you could technically have emergence of biological male and biological female, which is, again, is called a hermaphrodite. Right. But beyond that, there's nothing. There's inventions of the dark side. Okay. Yeah. That's what there is. And again, if you really want to debate this, then you're just ignorant of actual physiology and anatomy and again you know uh polarized energies i mean you just don't understand this stuff i mean this is easily seen in newtonian physics in quantum physics in quantum entanglement you can see uh, equal but opposite energies and again that's what masculine and feminine is and you know the fact that people just continue to just misbelieve this and like you said you know they have all this transition money that's going around now i mean look you know on my sales page for my, my fully optimized health group, you know, we talk about how hard it is for a man, as you know, to get therapeutic testosterone in a six-year-old girl can put an ad up on Facebook in the shop and says, Hey, I want to transition to be a dude and I need testosterone. And she'll probably get a hundred thousand people, you know, instantly send her messages saying, Oh, I can help you. And they're six. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking terrifying stuff, man. And and that's the thing too. It's like in, in the conversation and then we'll, we'll, there's some other stuff I want to move on with you about, but sure. the conversation, even about the hermaphroditic um, relationship, it's like, okay, bro, you want to argue that, but that's like trying to argue an anomaly. Like how many, what's the right. percentage of population right. that even has that? Like, that's like me uh, arguing one piece of like an right. outlier and then trying to relate that to an entire 7 billion or 8 billion population like and say oh this one thing though and you're like bro really like it's it's a not even a fraction so yeah. uh that that, no, well, that I mean, but, but you know what to that point let me say because you're right and i want to make i want to i want to emphasize what you just said and make it even more truthful even if you are the one in let's say 500 million hermaphrodite are you going to propagate the species can you fuck yourself and, and have a baby no <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, so again, it goes back to this is a war on creation. Yeah. Which, as you know, creation is divinity, right? Because this is how God source, whatever, you know, the energy and frequency of everything and nothing created human beings to, again, propagate so that the oversoul, you know, which is the uh, collective of the fragments of all of us as souls can experience creation. And evolve yeah. and grow forever, right? And this is the dark side saying, oh, no, we don't want that. We want less of you, and we want to eventually become source ourselves. But we're going to be an imitation source. I mean, that's what it is. If you're already familiar with the Gnostic teachings, you know, uh, the Nag Hammadi texts and stuff in the scriptures, 
they they literally tell you that this entire third dimension is an inversion of the demiurge, which is Lucifer, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call it, and that this is the false light, and that everything that's happening here is the opposite of what God source, you know, again, everything and nothing intended it for. And so now we're all as souls in this third dimension holographic construct attempting to evolve and grow enough to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, like, like that's really what's going on. Now, obviously there's good and bad and, you know, dark and light and, you know, uh, I, I should say good and evil uh, in here. And that's the key is like, if you, align yourself with good and resonance and coherence and not incoherence and dissonance, then you'll eventually get out. And, and to me, and by the way, it's my opinion, but to, that is the lesson, right? Like me, you and Rome were sitting in the, uh, the, the sauna for a couple of times over the weekend. And we were talking about that. Like, what is the purpose? Like we can argue and debate and like, you know, talk about the bad guys and the good guys, but what are we really here for? And it's to yeah. evolve and grow our soul. Yeah. To, to truly evolve and grow our soul. And so if we're evolving and growing our soul, we're not going to be down here. Right. You know, we're going to be up here and, and the journey or the work is to go higher. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. No. And to that point as well, it's like one of the things I wanted to ask, cause you mentioned, you know, us having our phones and how that's really uh, deteriorating the younger generation in a lot of different ways. So when we talk about artificial intelligence, right. And people are like, Oh, AI, AI. Well, aren't we kind of already AI with, yeah. we outsource a lot of our thinking to, to those totally. machines already. So I mean, how, does, that's how do you other podcast? That's a whole other you... podcast. I, I don't see anything beneficial from AI. I mean, as you and I were saying, you know, we know uh, like, and by the way, it hasn't happened. I would tell you guys if it happened, but some of us now are already marked. And what I mean by that is, is like, you can disable Siri, you can disable whatever the, you know, Alexa or whatever it is on Androids. And they're still listening to you. Yeah. Well, it's you got down at your phone and there it is transcribing your message. Yeah. As you know, it's storing it in the cloud, the AI cloud. So I don't see any benefit for it. You know, obviously the transhumanists, the Ray Kurzweil's and the Peter Diamandis are out there telling everybody, oh, Jay's full of shit. You know, by 2030, we're going to have bionic eyes and we're going to be able to improve surgery. But at what cost to the human soul, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, we literally go full cyborg. Are we even human anymore? Are we what God intended? Fuck no, we're not. Yeah. We're not God. We can't play God. We don't have the ability to determine that we are. These transhumanists are literally infected with a mind virus. And the mind virus is satanic or demonic or whatever you want to call it. You're again, anti-creation, parasitic, false light. And they are brainwashing all these people that not being human, being a cyborg is the way to go. You know, mm. remember the show, what was it? the group from the star trek the new generations the borg the hive mind that's what they want yeah they want all these people us included which will never happen but they want us to be tapped into the metaverse with the fucking goggles on and lose our humanity bro why yeah. why would you want to be human when you could just tap into the metaverse where there's no struggle i mean mm -hmm. dude the whole purpose of us being here is to struggle to evolve how do you how do you evolve if you don't deal with contrast? Yeah, it's insane. So you know, get everybody to vibrate here, strap on the goggles, and create a fucking artificial reality, which is the metaverse. And then ultimately, and you know, this is hard for some people to take, but bro, the whole purpose of what they're doing is to sap your soul's energy. They're literally, mm -hmm. they are literally siphoning your vibratory field for them. You think they can siphon high, high vibration, coherent resonance uh, energy? Fuck no. They can only siphon the low vibration, the low energy, the, pe the people's vibrating in victimhood, never taking ownership. So that's why they want everybody connected to the metaverse, everybody vibrating down here, everybody saying it's not my fault and never mm -hmm. taking ownership. And then they just, they stay in there forever, bro. And who knows how long they can feed off their soul? Probably like fucking battery forever. It's just constant regeneration of low, low, low energy or amplitude. Yeah. And for, for people listening too, if you guys haven't uh, seen some of the studies out there, there, they did studies on the energetic outpouring from humans and nine 11 was a great example of that. Oh, yeah. They measured it. They measured it from space and saw that the energetic spike in the New York area after nine 11 was off the charts far more, 
far more than uh, anything that it, it, the city could put out and uh, with material energetics from yep. like the creation of, of industrial plants and stuff like that. They actually did an out or uh, registered this. And then not only that, but a lot of Joe Dispenza's work works with this as well. So for everybody listening, like what Jay and I are talking about right now, it don't think we're just like kooky fucking people like this is real shit that's out there that's been measured it's been shown and they actually can see how the much energy we put out as human beings that's real stuff bro so that's awesome that you said that because i'll take it even deeper and i am a kooky motherfucker just for you guys yeah is not but if he stays connected to me long enough he's going to be wearing a tinfoil hat eventually on this podcast i sometimes actually I have the, the guy that owns tinfoilhat.co. I got to connect you with him. He's amazing. He's in the UK. But I have like all of his hats. So sometimes I, I come on with that hat and they're like, what the fuck is this motherfucker wearing? But I'll give you one. The next time I see you, I have like a bunch of them, but uh, he's a yeah, really yeah. cool guy. But uh, the truth is, dude, to take what you just said even further, 911 was a global black magic ritual. They mm. literally sacrificed thousands of people in a massive satanic way again the symbols of jacob and bofet you know the two powers jacob and boaz the two towers the twin towers in 33rd degree masonry or freemasonry it was a ritualistic uh a, you know basically just called a sacrifice so was i was just reading an article about this two days ago uh and again by the way this is all now forgotten it, it, it's five it was five years uh 11 days ago, the, the, the ritual sacrifice in Vegas, you know, with the so-called lone gunman FBI guy. Oh, shot yeah, down yeah, all yeah. Those people. yeah, yeah. So that the was concert, five right? years ago. The FBI has covered the entire thing up, but all you have to do is like read anything about it. And you realize that that was also a twin tower, Jacob and Boaz pillars of, of uh, Freemasonry sacrifice. And they killed, you know, whatever it was, I think it was like a hundred. 127 people. I don't remember. It was somewhere between 70 and 100 people. It doesn't matter, but that was all covered up too. Uh, I have friends in law enforcement in Las Vegas, and I have talked to them many times. And they're, you know, again, dude, people look the other way. They don't want to lose their job, but they know that the FBI came in and shut the entire investigation down. It was multiple assailants. I mean, look, dude, they got videos still of people firing from all sorts of angles from the hotel. And really, really? they pinned it on this accountant. You know, this yeah. lone gunman, they always pin it on somebody. But at the end of the day, these are literally sacrifices. There are forces on this planet that are basically black magicians, bro, as you and I in Rome were talking about. And this is how they carry out their work. And it's, again, it's through innocent lives are taken out. And obviously on 9-11, you know, again, it's always they always do something the day of or day before something else happens on the other side. And again, most people forget this, but for 9-11, the day before was uh, they were going to drop all of the information about the money that was stolen in the shadow government. Remember Rumsfeld two days before said, oh, yeah, well, we lost the DOD lost all this money. It was like five trillion dollars and all of the files were stored in the building next to the World Trade Center, which, as you remember, was also brought down. I mean, the, the guy that owned the building, Larry Silverstein, was like, yeah, we brought it down when he was talking. He was like, oh, you know. So, I mean, yeah. like, there's always a story behind the story. But, you know, wow. they crafted an amazing story on 9-11, on um, you know, and got people galvanized, the world galvanized. And, you know, they kept the American war machine going as we, you know, have to do. But uh, it's crazy, bro. I mean, like, the real question is, is like when all of this stuff actually comes out, and maybe it never will. But if it does, how will people actually handle the truth, right? Like you and me, we just look the other way like, yeah, we already fucking know. Yeah. But the average person who watches CNN, MSNBC, and Fox every night, like what are they going to do when they realize that everything they've pretty much been told is a lie? Well, that's that's what I think the part of the problem with raising consciousness right now is because right. I think at this point, like especially again, I'll go back to the pandemic for the last two and a half years. Yep. The reason why people are looking back, even on both sides of the fence, you're seeing people look back and be like, shit, that was kind of fucked up. Right. One and one didn't equal two, but they can't <laughs> if they if they if they question it. If they question it, they have to question every decision, every comment In they whole made life, for two bro. years. And, and then they have to question who they really are. Like, cause they, they realize, fuck, I wasn't even free thinking. Like, who was this? Right. And then 
that I don't think my personal opinions, I just don't think their brains can fucking handle that. It would, it would change the fabric of who they are and for their brain to comprehend that that was fucked up or like that was wrong. It would, it would mean they'd have to change everything. So I think that, I think that stops people, you know, and I think that really hurts them from even moving forward into consciousness. Cause they're like, well, fuck, I'll just keep doing the same thing. I'll keep voting the same way. I'll keep thinking the same thing. I'll have that myopic view because I, if I don't, then I have to question my own existence. It's totally true, bro. It's, it's totally true. I mean, like, you know, we could go deeper. I mean, I know we're getting up against it from a time standpoint. If you go, want to go another 10 minutes, that's cool. But uh, we'll do another podcast whenever you want. But uh, yeah, dude, it's like, it's crazy. Cause like we could talk about how that also affects with people that got the, you know what, right? Like yeah, the cognitive dissonance of accepting that you made a mistake, right? accepting that you were brainwashed and you were shoehorned. I love that word. That's like one of those yeah. words. It means like it says, you, yeah. know, you were literally shoehorned into the corner to do something that you thought was the right thing to do, even though, and this is what I always say to people, even though they told you it wasn't, they told you it was experimental gene therapy. They told you that if you died or got sick or disabled, that you couldn't sue them. They told you that you couldn't sue you couldn't mm-hmm. go after anybody. I mean, so they're constantly like, again, if they're the dark side, it's like they're letting you know that you must consent for them to fuck you over. And yet all these people, again, not at the line of courage. Yeah. Who love being told what to do, because again, let's go deeper and let's talk about what that means. That means that they don't love and trust themselves. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, because yeah. the, the external figure, the boss, the priest, the politician, uh, the cop, it doesn't matter. Whoever the external authority figure is more knowing than me. So I'm going to trust everything with them. When you and I both know that everything is within. And when you get to a place of courage, it's like, oh, shit. I'm responsible for my life. I wrote an email yesterday. I sent it out to my list, you know. And it was literally the subject of the line was everything is your fault. Mm. And when you become a human being who's empowered, sovereign, and free, I got I to gotta trademark that. You yeah. take ownership for everything. And everything is your fucking fault. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? But imagine saying everything is your fault to the 80% of people vibrating in shame, victimhood, you know, call it the root chakra. They can never see that, Johnny, because... They're not at a place where they can take ownership for their life. So again, this is not a condemnation if this is who you are and if you got the shot because your job and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. I don't have no judgment of you. That's your soul path. That's where you are right now. But again, you will get to a point, maybe this lifetime or the next, maybe it's more lifetimes from here where you will take ownership for your decisions and your life and everything that happens to you. And once you do, bro, as you know, it's freeing because like, hey, man, I create my life. I am mm-hmm. not at the subject or the whim of anybody else. Just because the media tells me or TikTok or YouTube or the internet or Fox or Judge Judy, you know what I'm saying? Like, who gives a fuck what they have to say? But yeah. you will care what those people have to say until you realize that what they say doesn't matter. And what matters is how you words, thoughts, actions, make your words Focus, excuse me, your words conscious, your thoughts focused, and your actions actions massively loving and intentional, and you are a reality creator. You ultimately will create any reality if you want for yourself. But again, you've got to stop vibrating below the line of integrity, which is courage. Once you're courageous, everything changes. And, and by the way, Hawkins talks a lot about this in his book. This is 180 pride. So think about, you know, we were talking about this. Pride is the Ivy League and Harvard-educated, Yale-educated doctor. I went to Harvard and Yale, and I know everything, and fuck you. I'm smarter than you. I paid $280,000 for my college degree. I know more than you. That's <laughs> stubborn pride. Yeah. And when you cannot rise above stubborn pride, you cannot vibrate at the line of integrity. So when you mm. give up the pride, you're like, fuck, I don't know everything. Yeah, get to a place of like, you know, the more I know, I mean, the more I learn, the less I know, Mm. you know, all great gurus and sages and genius people all know that they don't know anything. Mm -hmm. 
right? And it's like when you really start vibrating in the higher levels of realms of consciousness, you realize that it's not even about learning it or, or, or getting there. It's about remembering. Because as souls, we already know everything. God gave us that, that gift. But in third dimensional incarnation, we have chosen to forget. The veil, as we were talking about, is thick. It's heavy. It's very mm -hmm. matrix soup. And yeah. it's like cool to have toys and BMWs and have sex with hot women and, you know, all these physical things that we find great value in, which are really meaningless. Totally fucking yeah. meaningless, as I told you off air today, right? Like I'm battling shit right now. Yeah. Right. And that's the whole path of the third dimensional human. It's literally like, holy shit. It's cool to have sex, man. It's cool to have five orgasms in an hour or two hours yeah. or whatever. Right. But like, that's not the purpose. So like, how do you balance that with the real purpose of your soul, which is to give and receive love and to evolve and grow. Right. And you evolve mm -hmm. and grow by giving and receiving love. That's how you evolve and grow. This is nothing else. And I've yeah. thought about this very deeply. Right. Yes, there's the world. And yes, there's going up the, you know, a financial ladder and making more things and doing more things. But ultimately, they're serving everybody around you and giving and receiving love. And that is the journey of the soul. And mm. beyond that, dude, like, what is there? Sure, yeah. you can die and reincarnate and come back in another body and have all these earthly, you know, journey. I mean, uh, fun things and experiences. But like, you know, again, it's the path of am I serving creation? You know, am I doing it, you know, from a highest and best capacity? And do I do it through giving and receiving love like every day? You know, mm. you and I are giving and receiving love right now because this is passionate discourse that will affect the people that listen to it. And again, it's up to them to choose to say, oh, you know what, that's meaningful and I can use find value in that or not. And if they don't, that's cool too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, and I think those are some profound words. And, you know, before we start to uh, wind down here, I think one of the biggest things you hit on was for men in general, being stuck in that pride is, is totally. part of where I see a lot of struggles with men. We want to call it the ego or whatever, but I love that your, I love your depiction of it with that pride and that lower level. They can never be encouraged if they're stuck in pride. That's right. That's right. Cause they think, little, they I mean, and, and think about that. Cause I didn't, I didn't expound on that, but so everything is energy and frequency, right? We are literally consciousness itself as these physical bodies, right? We are, we are, you know, material bodies, but we are really just consciousness coalesced, you know, through our vibrating atoms and, you know, um, plasmatic discharge. But when you get to courage, you have now opened up your energetic being to be receptive of the higher frequency adjectives like willingness and neutrality and acceptance and forgiveness. Now, by the way, I want to spend a minute or two on forgiveness because this is profound stuff. I'm reading a book, which I shared last night in the private group. It's called Light Medicine. And yeah. all for you, for anybody who's doing what we do, this book is literally profound. And I would have never, ever even heard of this book because this woman is a nobody. Uh, she's a doctor named Anna Maria Milkalchka. She was a famous doctor in chasing like how to solve cancer. But she was, you know, all in the allopathic mindset and, you know, clueless, you know, doing chemotherapy and all the bullshit. And she uh, had a vision at death. By the way, she created, of course, cancer for herself because she's always thinking about it. And she was on her deathbed with whatever cancer she had. And she literally channeled this being called Ramtha. It's like an archangel energy. And he gave her all this information and it's all in this book. And bro, it is fucking the most insane shit ever. But like the, the reality is, is like we are light. That's all we are. We're literally biophotonic plasmatic discharge in a physical meat suit, right? If you could just see our soul and our energy, you know, outside of a third dimensional uh, prism of vision, you would literally see a orb of energy. Like a, it, it would literally appear as like a yellow to orange orb. And, and obviously mm. in the ufology world, you know, people, when people see orbs, what are they seeing? They're seeing souls. They're actually oh, seeing energy manifestations of spirit, which is the soul, right? Wow. So if you think of that, when you get to courage, your soul energy is now receptive to all these other things. And now getting back to forgiveness, this book talks about how when someone gets a disease of aging that will ultimately be a death sentence. And again, remember, death is a relative term because the physical body dies, but your soul never dies. 
Okay, ever. Mm -hmm. You literally are an infinite energy. We understand that from the laws of thermodynamics. Energy cannot be contracted or destroyed. It is ever expanding. So when you're talking about you and me and everybody listening as really just energy, forgiveness will ensure that you do not die of any kind of physically manifested disease states because a disease like cancer, we'll just talk about cancer, is literally... Uh, a failure of the cells. It is an ontologic cellular mutation of the cell that creates a cancer. Okay. So mm. if you understand the biology, and I don't want to go too super deep on this because I've you know, spent a lot of time in researching cancer and understanding it, like the cell becomes super saturated with inflammatory debris, right? There's all sorts of shit, but once the cell locks and it can't leave the cellular debris, the inflammation cannot leave or enter it can become cancerous, not all the time, but often. And what causes the actual ontologic mutation is uh, anger, hatred, shame, all these things that happen to you psychologically or psychogenically that you never integrate. Mm. So when you hold, and by the way, and we talked about this at the mastermind, but women do this way more than men. And again, because obviously women are much more emotional than men who are more logical, but it happens to everybody. But if you do not let go slash integrate what has troubled you, and by the way, this can happen in your current life. It could be in a past life. I mean, there's so much soul trauma. Uh, eventually, that's what you die of. And so if you die of cancer, you can tell anyone who watches this show, listens to the show, this is the truth. It's because your soul had somebody or something, and sometimes it's a combination, to forgive. So if you are holding anger or animosity or enmity or just frustration, anxiety, whatever, to someone or something from, again, this life, and sometimes it's really difficult because if it's from a past life, you don't know unless you speak to like a regression hypnosis or somebody who's a trauma therapist that can help you with that. That's what leads to cancer. And bro, I've seen, you know, she talks about this in the book because remember, she's like a leading oncologist. She's seen people that she's done regression hypnosis sessions on because uh, she got into that after she got out of um, allopathic medicine, where they've literally died of cancer in 24 consecutive lifetimes. Jesus. Because they will not let go of their anger from a past life, from again, from a past life experience. So if wow. you're watching this show and there's anything that Johnny and I have talked talk, talk to you today, if you have someone in your life that you have not forgiven and that you hold anger to forgive them, it's not for them. It's for you. Because yeah. when you do not forgive, you are holding on to a vibrational energy construct of anger and pain and hatred and fear and shame. And again, all these low vibration frequencies, and that causes the cells to eventually mutate. And once you get cancer, as you know, I mean, you can, you can cure cancer, right? Like you can definitely change your field. You can change your body's, uh, you know, cellular state to go to, uh, you know, a much more, um, what's the word I want to use, like a, a, a neutral frequency uh, without sugar, uh, you know, without high insulin. There's a lot of ways to do it. You basically have to change your body's cellular state, but yeah. it doesn't happen unless you're mentally and you're spiritually able to do this. So if you have somebody to forgive, man literally call them today and say, Hey, mm. I want you to know I have literally forgiven you. I love you. I'm sorry for what happened to us, what transgressed, whatever, and just let go and detach. And again, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but that is a profound way to ensure yourself of never dying from cancer. Damn. That is right there. We're going to, we're going to stop it right there. That was a <laughs> great ending. Such a fun fucking episode with you, Jay. And that was very profound for everybody uh, listening to this and watching it. So appreciate those wise words, brother. Well, real quickly, we're going to link all this stuff in the show notes. Tell everybody best place to find you, uh, to connect with you and to get into your ecosystem, brother. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so for anybody who wants to get like uh, a sampling of my work, you can go to jcampbell.com forward slash free books and it's uh, b-o-o-k-s and you can get uh a copy of the testosterone optimization therapy bible which again is the number one number one selling book of all time on hormone optimization therapy for both men and women uh there's also uh my fasting book which is 
without question, the best book, in my opinion, on planet earth for people that like want to learn how to fast and do it without having to meal prep and do all these like crazy, you know, calculations. And that's called the blowtorch diet, which is the metabolic blowtorch diet. Uh, that's also free. And then I have a book on, it's, it's really not a book. It's like a 60 page PDF on how to raise your consciousness. So all three of those books are there. Um, so for sure go there, but I mean, if you want to connect with me, my website is jcampbell.com. On social media, I'm Jay Campbell 333 pretty much everywhere. You know, obviously you can follow me on YouTube. If you do follow me on YouTube or you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, be prepared to be unfollowed <laughs> because the AI heavily shadow bans me and suppresses me, obviously, for the reasons that I talk about in this podcast. But, um, you know, I'm very open to you can also go to my contact page on my website and you can easily send an email to me and get a hold of me that way. But, uh, man, I'm grateful to be here today, bro. This was definitely an epic podcast. As I told you, man, like we didn't even talk about anything we wanted to talk about. <laughs> no, no, uh, that's why we got to get a number two on the books. For but sure, yeah, brother, for everybody listening, obviously, I can't recommend Jay uh, enough because he is absolutely life changing. What you guys heard today is like a tip of the iceberg on his knowledge and what he knows about optimizing your body, your health, your well being, your brain, everything. Like this is the dude that you need to be going to. And I just mean that wholeheartedly. So truly appreciate you, brother. Your last question real quick. What does the art of masculinity mean to you? Uh, but first off, man, I'm honored, man. This was a profound podcast. I, I always find that like when you lie, align with people and you do these podcasts, like the energy of divinity, the frequency, uh, you know, again, call it divine scale or force energy, like just elevates. And so both of us were super connected. Um, the art of masculinity means to me, it means like understanding what it means to be a powerful, divine, masculine man in today's society. And that means a man who is living their life with a sense of purpose, understands what their mission is, and underlying always comes from a point of higher self-expression, higher self-awareness. And what does that mean? It's very simple. It means that for everything that happens to you in your life, right? Because the only thing you have control of is your reactions to what goes on around you. You respond out of love instead of react out of fear. And again, 80% mm. of people react out of fear. And yeah. if you pull back and you sit from that neutral observation perspective or position and anything that happens to you before going like, you know, you, you sit, you sit, you sit, maybe, and maybe it's 30 seconds, maybe it's a minute, maybe it's two minutes, whatever. And then you respond out of love. You will never create acrimony or anger or bitter towards anyone because you're literally coming from the higher self. And the higher self is the highest form of expression as you, as a divine creator force being, which everyone has access to. We all have access to our higher self. It's just allowing it to come through. And again, that's through responding out of love versus reacting out of fear. Mm, beautifully said brother well again truly appreciate you thank you for sharing your wisdom today we're definitely going to be doing a number two so everybody stay tuned and everybody listening as always remember to drop the ego and stay humble till next time guys <laughs> <laughs>